Welcome to the podcast. Uh, it's a, I should tell you, today's podcast is an autonomous zone. Uh, we are going to be self-governing the entire podcast, and uh, we've run out of food already, which is very, very sad. But we're going to be talking about Seattle's area, where they are actually, uh, they've been able to take over like six city blocks, and maybe even more. The territory seems to be expanding uh, in Seattle. We'll go over all of that today. Rudy Giuliani joins us to give us uh, his take on the police situation across the country. Uh, and everything that's going on in the White House with uh, the stuff he's covered with Deep State. And then we also talk about uh, a um, an interesting development here coming for the summer, an announcement from Glenn. He goes over an important uh, date coming up July 3rd. We'll give you the details on that. And Governor Kristi Noem from South Dakota joins us to tell us about her state's approach on COVID-19, that's led to a lot more freedom for its citizens and pretty good results as well. Uh, that's all on the podcast today. Remember to go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn to save uh, 10 bucks. And, and honestly, do I need to sell you that we need uh, a good media source that's actually telling the truth right now? I, I, I don't know that there's ever been a more obvious time to join Blaze TV as, as they're canceling cops and Paw Patrol and they're going after everybody. You need a source that is uh, going to be standing up in these times. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. got to get back to Mayor Lightfoot's conference call with the Chicago Alderman because it says everything you need to know. Uh, can, can we play just a little bit of it here, Sarah? I've got such so much stuff jammed into this hour, but but it this this is a a private conference call with the mayor of Chicago and all of the board of aldermen. And you're hearing all these these different people in different parts of the city crying out for help and saying you've got to control this and listen to how they're talking about the police listen to what they're asking for and how this whole thing in chicago is falling apart play it what happens when they start going after residents going into the neighborhoods once they start trying to break down people's doors so they think they got something or you know we know that people are here to antagonize and incite and you've got them all pumped tonight today they're not going to go to bed at 8 o'clock. They're going to turn their focus in the neighborhoods. I've got gangbangers with AK-47s walking around right now just waiting to settle some scores. What are we going to do and what do we tell our residents other than good faith people stand up? It's not going to be enough. Thank you, Alderman. Next question. Well, no, I want an answer. I bet... You commented on everybody. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. This is a oh, question that I have. I think you're 100%, I think you're 100% full of shit is what I think. If you think oh, we no want No offense, to you then. Who are you, you to tell me I'm full of shit? And if you think, if you think we were not ready and we stood by and let the neighborhood go up, there's nothing intelligent that I can say to you. Well, maybe you should come out and stupid, see what's going on. the stupidest thing I have ever heard. I understand you want supreme. I understand that you think that you Mayor, you need to check answer. your f***ing attitude. That's what you need to do. Right now? No. You need to check your attitude. Wait a minute. Okay, stop. It just goes crazy. This is 
This is the city government of Chicago. He goes on to say, my ward is an S show. They're shooting at the police. I've never seen anything like this. And quite frankly, I'm scared. And so is everyone else around me. We're scared. Uh, they go on to say, listen, this, this is the mayor of Chicago. Remember what everybody's saying about the police. Here she is in a private phone call. And she said, look, our police officers are in armed combat with criminals on the west side. And they only made progress after they brought in heavy equipment and stronger pepper spray. Uh, she said there were dudes with sledgehammers that broke into stores to allow it to be looted. I have never seen anything like this in Chicago before. Uh, she said it's organized and it's a uh, she pledged that she would launch a Herculean effort to convince businesses to rebuild and open. She said the officers spent three hours just to clear one area. Even after the officers gassed the crowd with pepper spray twice, those people just didn't give a crap. Now, gee, that doesn't sound like somebody who wants to fund the police, does it? That doesn't sound like somebody who is, well, the person that I see on television all the time talking about these nice protesters. These cities are burning down, and quite honestly... I've, I've seen story after story of people saying they're moving from uh, Minneapolis. This is what they want. I want you to know this is about, I, t- I told you this 10 years ago. This is all about chaos. The secret that you, all the thing that you need to understand, this is it. Anything that causes chaos is not good. Anything that causes chaos is helping the dark side. Chaos is what this is about. You've got to cause chaos so the average person will cry out and take help from anyone. This is also about an end game. This is what's happening now is the Marxist cultural revolution of Mao. Mao decided that he wanted to start this little movement on college campuses. See if any of this sounds familiar. He then took it nationwide, and he believed that creating a, quote, great disorder, the masses would organically steer to the direction of the movement rather than rely on the authorities to tell them what to do. And as a result, the movement quickly spun out of control and death massive death ensued. Now, here's what they did. First, they created this disorder on the streets, and they had uprising everywhere. And then these these terrorists, if you will, uh, assigned new names to city streets. They started calling things new, new names, new cities, new places. People were renamed. Millions of children were born with revolutionary-sounding names during this time period. Others changed their names. Historical sites in every part of China were ransacked and destroyed. Hmm. Damage was particularly pronounced in the capital, Beijing, where thousands of designated sites of historic interest were destroyed. Burial sites were desecrated, and numerous other historically significant tombs, artifacts, oh, and statues were defaced and torn down. 
Libraries full of historical and foreign texts were destroyed. Books were burned. Temples, churches, mosques, monasteries, cemeteries closed down and sometimes converted to other uses or they were looted and destroyed. The Marxist propaganda depicted Buddhism as superstition and religion was looked upon as a means of hostile foreign uh, infiltration as well as an instrument just to rule over people. Public security in China deteriorated rapidly as the result of central officials lifting restraints on violent behavior. Does any of this sound like Mao's playbook? The reason why it does is because that's who these people are. They are Marxist revolutionaries. This has nothing to do with George Floyd. Nothing to do. Let me play something. You know, the in fact, let me start with. Do we happen to have the governor Inslee uh, yesterday saying Gee, I, they have an a, autonomous zone? What? Listen to this. Well, that's news to me, so I'll have to reserve any comment about it. I, I have not, I have not heard anything about that from any credible okay. source. <laughs> not that you're not credible. It's just like before I uh-huh. espouse an opinion, I should know of which I speak. <laughs> yeah, your governor, your governor of a state, your largest city in your state, is on fire. The police, over a two-day period evacuated the third precinct you've got yahoo monkey people like me on the radio talking about it for two days and your governor doesn't even know about it wow that's interesting well uh just in case the governor happens to be listening right now let this yahoo monkey half person uh tell you now about what they're saying now they're holding their their people's conference every day and you watch it online well we are let me give you a couple of things here they are in seattle in this new not seattle capitol hill uh autonomous zone which is now not part of the united states anymore here they are on their mission listen we gotta expect a system to react and their main tool is violence so we are, you know, keeping each other what? Safe. Keeping each other what? Safe. Safe so that we can complete the what? Work. Complete the mission. And the mission is to what? Hug and hold hands? No. <laughs> All right. We're just making sure we are on point so I can talk about King, King County Equity Now If you haven't been there and signed up, go there because that's what we're talking about. Actually getting control of the land and the resources that are supposed to impact our lives. Getting control of the land, the capital, and the access to the resources that control our lives. So they are reclaiming all of the land. And they said, we're not stealing it. It's already been stolen. We're just taking it back for the indigenous people. Really? Because... Everybody face I saw did not look like an indigenous person up there, but uh, that's that's cool. Uh, here's the other uh, clip. We I've got lots of them, but I'm not going to have time to get through all of them uh, this hour. Uh, here they are talking about what they're in the middle of. Listen, because there is a security guard and then there's an owner of the establishment. Right. And so here we saw the security guards, but the owners of the establishment at some point said it's better for you to what? leave but we're not going to mistake 
a retreat for the end of the what? The war. We in a war, right? We see people dying. We see people with guns and all of that. That means there's some type of war going on. People being taken as prisoners of war. Because when you get incarcerated out here standing for your rights and freedom, you're a prisoner of war, right? And so we don't want to mistake a retreat and them gathering different strategies for winning the war. A battle has been won. Give it up for the battle being won. Yeah, the battle is being won. We've got six blocks in Seattle. Um, here's the um, here's the terrifying thing. These people are serious, and they are well-funded, and they are well-organized. It is, it is uh, Antifa. It is also Black Lives Matter. It is the Democratic Socialists of America. They are officially aligned with Antifa now. And a new group that you've not heard of that is truly terrifying and we will tell you about that coming up in the third hour. It was, if you're a Blaze subscriber, you can watch it on demand. It was the show last night that we did. Uh, boy, have you been lied to uh, for a very, very, very long time. And uh, this government has helped this group out. Uh, and um, uh, you need to know about it. We, we will discuss that coming up. We're going to also touch on it with Rudy Giuliani next, uh, next hour. Let me break for one minute, then I'm going to come back. And and tell you what these leaders are actually saying. You need to know what you're dealing with. Oh, Black Lives Matter. They're not so bad. They're 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 just all they care about is George Floyd. Really? Your family is at stake. Your voice is at stake. Your freedom is at stake. Your business, your livelihood, the world is up for grabs right now. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Can you walk us through a little bit here? Um, give us a perspective of someone who actually managed a situation like this. You come into office. We all remember. I lived in Connecticut at the time. We all remember what New York was like. You know, it's, a, it's always been a great city, but it was a city that had a lot of major problems when you walked into that office. And one of the ways that you were able to kind of take on uh, those, those problems was with smart and different approaches. Can you kind of discuss what you did? I... Uh... You know, I had lost for mayor four years earlier, very, very close to David Dinkins. And in the four years leading up to it, particularly the last two years, I knew I would have a chance of winning. And I also knew I'd be the first Republican elected in 25 years. I think at that point, only the second Republican elected in the century and, and probably the last for a long time. And I decided it was my one chance to really change it. So Tell I me when I can years, talk. I spent two years uh, developing my agenda. I had seminars every week. I, I talked to housing people. I talked to budget people. I talked to social, uh, social welfare people. Uh, I went and took a look at what Tommy Thompson was doing in Wisconsin to reform welfare. And, of course, on policing, I knew a lot about that anyway because that was my background. But I did a lot of mm -hmm. seminars on that. So I came into office with a real agenda of reform. And everyone laughed at me and said I couldn't do it. I said I was going to cut the city by 20%. I was going to put people on welfare to work. I was going to cut welfare. 
et cetera, et cetera. And I started doing it. I, I announced right away uh, uh, 20,000 layoffs. I was told that I would ruin the city. People would get no services. I said, um, you're not even going to notice it. I'm willing to gamble. You're not going to even notice that we uh, reduce service. Because we could not do any work. Mm. <laughs> and, um, and then I cut, um, cut everybody from welfare who wouldn't work. There's a provision in New York law that says in return for welfare, you have to work for the municipal government or state government for 20 hours a week. If you're able-bodied, no one ever used that law before. I did. They took me to court. They challenged me. I won. And I had protests for the next three years. And I was accused by the New York Times of running a plantation. <laughs> and uh, which didn't bother me at all. No. I, I said, we're succeeding. I decided that we would uh, change our entire policy of the police department. I brought in computer programming called Constat to measure the effectiveness of our efforts and the accountability of our police. So when they say that we put a lot of police in black areas and we had a lot of confrontations with black people, I can show them why. I can show them the complaint from the black person that asked the police to please come there and save them or to arrest a person who killed their son or arrest a man who raped their daughter. So um, I, mean, I, just looked at, I just looked at Minneapolis with all this stuff about, you know, disbanding the police and the police is racist. The police, uh, the police confronted and arrested about 790,000 suspects for murder. But this was two years ago. You know how many murders were committed by blacks in that year? About 820. Mm. And do you know where the information about them came from? Other black people. So the idea that the police are selecting blacks is not true. Blacks are selecting blacks in an absolutely understandable effort to save their lives. Right. And so I kept these okay. records very clearly. When the Justice Department came after me, Holder and Janet Reno, uh, we, we got them to drop the case because we could show that our arrests were determined by statistics, so, by facts, not by race. And the only reason you have all this confrontation in the black community is a very, very tragic fact that there is a significantly disproportionate amount of violent crime in the black community, and the black community wants you to solve it. As, as any so, community. So, Rudy. Rudy, let me let me jump in here. It's Glenn. I'm sorry I wasn't here for the beginning oh, of the hi, interview. Glenn. I'm up at our, our ranch. I'm good. Uh, listen, I, I want to get s- specific here on a couple of things that I think you can really address. And that is, um, yes, there are problems with policing and there's there's all kinds of things we can talk about. But this is a Marxist movement. Uh, BLM, Antifa or Antifa, uh, and there is also another uh, really nasty group that has uh, kind of come into this uh, into this fold uh, from from Syria. I'm sure you know uh, yeah. about it, uh, but it is a, a Syrian group now that is trying to and they were involved in New York. It's the Revolutionary Abolitionist Movement. Right. They are serious. And no one seems to be talking about what's really fundamentally happening, and that is the Mao Cultural Revolution is happening on our streets here in America, pushed by Marxists. When does the Insurrection Act actually 
when 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 does it when does what's happening in america rise to an insurrection well i mean in order to 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 find an insurrection and then not to be undercut by the courts you would have to develop substantial evidence of that here's what i can tell you having oh my god observed 50 riots and never had one when i was mayor because i vowed we would never have a riot, even though I followed two years of massive riots under David Dinkins. This is a different riot than we've ever had before in New York City. And I'd be willing to testify as an expert witness. If we go back to the last two big riots in New York City, which happened to be the last time we had a Democratic mayor, or we go back to the riots of the 70s and even the Vietnam War riots. Remember, the thing was they used to burn down their own neighborhoods. Yeah. Yes. People old enough can remember seeing Detroit burning and Washington burning when they were watching baseball games or New York burning. Well, this was a directed to stay out of those neighborhoods, to hit middle class and upper middle class areas. Uh, the first day or second day in New York, the police were able to surreptitiously obtain four or five. I don't know if they were texts or emails. I saw them uh, in which their instructions were given. Uh, about what streets to hit, and if you know New mm-hmm. York, they're all they're all the upper end streets. Uh, so this this was not in any way. Let's you know, let's go back to Benghazi, a spontaneous riot like the one no. that happened. You know, the, the night that Martin Luther King died, which that was a spontaneous. I mean, riot. You, look, Rudy, you said that it would take enormous ev- evidence. You know who uh, John Miller is? He's New York's head terrorist off, uh, terrorism officer. He said that these protests were organized by anarchist groups. Uh, They were raising bail money. They're recruiting. They have a very, very uh, uh, efficient system, and they know exactly what they're doing. He he said 686 of the arrests, they found one out of seven were from outside of New York in the first couple of days. That number was later 20%. 20 percent were out and not just from like new haven they were from iowa nebraska and texas and faraway states well you know it, 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 john john first of all john is trustworthy john probably knows more about this than you know almost anybody in the fbi now the fbi will get angry but they should but the rea- but the reality is probably that information exists in other cities the question is have they been gathering it and this is the job of the FBI. And what I can't tell you, Glenn, is how aggressive they are in doing this. But if you're asking me, should there be a major investigation of what organizations organize these riots? Absolutely. These were coordinated riots. There's no question about it. I think the spark, by the way, was when the mayor of Minneapolis gave up the police precinct. I think oh, that yeah. said oh, to yeah. the groups in the it said to the groups in the 50 other cities, we now, we now have them in retreat. Let's charge. And let's try you, it. Now you have this. You, we're talking to Rudy Giuliani. Rudy, Rudy, help me out with this one. You have Seattle uh, giving up their pre- precinct. Capitol Hill is in the hands of Marxist radicals now. Um, and what's going to happen I mean, trump just tweeted you got to get a hold of your your town seattle or i will if he sends in any kind of national guard or troops or anything else that's what they want there these cities are allowing these people to dig in 
Then they'll have to send in troops to remove them. And you're going to have the pictures of these evil American troops going in and killing these innocent people who just wanted, you know, just free love and free, you know, health care or Wi-Fi or whatever the hell they want. We, we're being set up. And uh, I, I just don't know why we're not seeing a, a stronger reaction here from seemingly anyone, especially on local and state level. First of all, I think there are, there are, there are those who are complicit. Uh, the progressive, really regressive Democratic mayors are either actively uh, complicit or unknowingly complicit. I mean, their philosophy is just as crazy as the people you're talking about. Yes. And that, that's a lot of people. That's 30, 40 mayors. I mean, the worst, the worst damage was done in Democratic cities. I mean, they, they, you, you can't know. miss that coincidence. You can't. You can't miss the coincidence that Democratic mayors and governors can't protect their citizens. I mean, that's that's the time to leave office. So they're not going to help you with any such evidence. So here you would have to have the FBI really do a very aggressive effort to tie this together. But they should. And they don't have to a particular group. They should say we're starting an investigation to determine who organized these riots because unlike other riots in our history, there is plenty of evidence to show they were coordinated. And I know they have a lot more evidence than I've seen. I've seen maybe eight documents that I had never seen before in a riot. I also talk to New York City police a lot. They will tell me, unlike other riots, there was a lot of pre-positioned weapons. Yeah. I mean, they would get to a place sometimes before the rioters got there, and there was a big can filled with with uh, bricks, bricks that were put in uh, cans. It looked like a can. In fact, some of it looked like ice cream. They had a yeah, whole thing of, of ice cream, but it was a brick that would kill you if it hit your head. Uh, they even had Molotov cocktails pre- pre-positioned. So our, our rioters, when we had riots before, we hadn't had one in 22 years, they didn't have anything pre-positioned. They just went nuts, and they went with anything they had. The box, the box that they went up, the police commanders will tell you, were carefully thought out. They actually had a plan. They knew what they wanted to hit to make a political point. All right. Uh, we're, we're talking to Rudy Giuliani, former mayor of uh, New York and uh, used to be America's mayor before. Oh, he just went crazy and started defending, you know, the truth. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, what's happening in Washington uh, with this investigation. Everything that you said was happening in Ukraine, everything that we uh, said and verified that was happening in Ukraine is true. Uh, It's now all coming undone. And I want to talk to you about that and its connection possibly to this uh, seeming endgame riot uh, that we have. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right. As uh, we talked about with Rudy Giuliani uh, last hour, he wasn't even aware of this, and it was on the TV show that we did last night. 
the Wednesday night special. You can find it if you're a Blaze TV subscriber. You can find it right now on demand. I urge you to watch it. Uh, last night, we told you that while the media is like, I don't know, I think they might be white supremacists. Yeah, they're really not. No, not at all. Uh, New York head terrorism op- uh, officer, deputy commissioner for intelligence and counterterrorism. His name is John Miller, laid everything out when all of this really began to snowball. That was a few weeks ago. Media still not caught up on this one. He said that before the protest even began, anarchist groups were preemptively using bail money or raising bail money. Um, they were recruiting medics, planning to commit property damage. Uh, Miller reviewed 686 of the arrests, found out that one out of seven were outside from New York. And I'm not talking about driving from, you know, uh, Greenwich, Connecticut. I'm talking about people that came from other states a long way away. Now, why would they be rioting in New York? Why? By the way, the one in seven, Rudy Giuliani thought, wow, that's pretty incredible. No, that number later grew to 20% of the rests came from states like Iowa, Nevada, Texas. Why is somebody in Nevada suddenly rioting against the police in New York? Antifa has been seen in cities all over the country. Uh, one of the uh, Antifa or Antifa anarchists was sought by Policeburg, uh, Pittsburgh police uh, for starting the riots and encouraging the riots. And he was just turned in by mommy and daddy in Columbus, Ohio. The Antifa organizer caught on camera handing out cash, directing people to barricades and mentioning quote, other stuff that they had waiting. What, what was the other stuff? The Columbus Police Department asking for help to identify this person of interest. They have him on tape. You can see him. Where's the media on this one? Where's the money coming from? What is the other stuff the street organizer was talking about? Could it be the large pile of bricks that have been found in city after city after city? Texas Department of Public Safety confirmed now that they're investigating Antifa links to all of the Texas violent riots. There's no question that Antifa is involved now and something has to be done. Well, they you know, they're they're just a group of happy people. They're just really, you know, they're just no centralized leadership structure. Yeah, they did that on purpose. There's no top down structure. There's a new video out that came out earlier this week from Project Veritas. They infiltrated one of the oldest Antifa groups in the country, Rose City Antifa in Portland, Oregon. They say that it was it's run almost like a company and it's built to remain anonymous. They were talking about it on the streets of Seattle this morning as I'm watching one of their morning meetings. It's everywhere. You can see it. By the way, Antifa was brought over to the United States by Caroline and Johann Victorin. Yeah, we live in Sweden and we like Antifa. So they brought the radical left-wing activist group, imported it from Europe into the United States sometime around 2007. And that's still who's running it. And the coordination is insane. We got a... um we got a pamphlet from the branch here in uh, Dallas Fort Worth. And uh one of the the local chapter was um showing us in this this handout I'm showing here on TV now if you can see it how to organize riots and it's a battle plan. 
they they have their own media site. Uh, they have several of them. One of them is itsgoingdown.org. And one of the things that they did was they just published a, uh, a piece titled Rebellion, Counterinsurgency, and Cracks Within the Ruling Class. All right. How, how, how is this not... How is this not good enough for the Insurrection Act? Now, here's some new information that I gave you last night. There is a new revolutionary abolitionist movement uh, that is introduced itself into the United States. We we're oh, you're still looking for Al Qaeda. Oh, how old timey of you. This is a revolutionary abolitionist movement, a shadowy radical left group that is now trying to come in and steer the American protesters into a model patterned after the Marxist Kurds in northern city, uh, Syria. The Kurds in Syria. Remember when we went through this and said, we got to save the Kurds in Iraq. We can't abandon them. But go ahead and abandon the Kurds in Syria. They're no friends of ours. John McCain, well, my friends, it's all fine. No, it's not fine. They're Marxist revolutionaries, and now they are trying to take the pattern of their success onto our streets. They, they wrote their version of something similar to the coming insurrection that you can find on Amazon, of course, and it's called Burn Down the American Plantation. And they specifically talk about the Marxist Kurd revolution and how it charts out an insurgent direction for anarchist organizing today. Now, this group, I want to just play one of the clips that you can find on YouTube. You can, you can find them on Twitter. Don't worry about it. Oh, no, Jack Dorsey, he's not. No, these guys are fine. You want to go into church? How dare you ban them? These guys, they're good. Here's what you can find. With the founding of groups like the International Revolutionary People's Guerrilla Forces, it is clear that this is the time for anarchist revolutionaries to act without hesitation. We declare our solidarity with the international anti-fascist and anarchist struggle and propose concrete steps in the fight for abolition. Revolutionary abolitionists must fight hand-in-hand with those facing oppression. We intend to establish a new underground railroad to free people from bondage. By building revolutionary self-defense networks, connecting them to one another, and developing militant strategies in our neighborhoods, our network will create the capacity to destroy state power and defend our communities. A new global paradigm for revolution has been established to be taken up by dedicated revolutionaries, autonomous territories, guerrillas in armed struggle, and all those engaged in the global drive towards liberation and away from statehood, capitalism, patriarchy, and domination. You see how they have taken good and made it evil? They're establishing a new underground railroad for liberation. Um, we showed last night a flyer uh, that has their 10 points of action. This is a legitimate group. They are, um, they are open about what they're trying to do. It's the revolutionary abolitionist movement. 10 po- points of action. Destroy the state of police, military, corporations, no law, no money. Revolutionary justice. Communal ownership and end of private property. 
the creation of militant revolutionaries. The media will tell you that these people are no ones. There's no, they're nobodies. That's not true. They were there in Philadelphia. They were there in New York. Let me show you a Twitter post still has not been taken down. Prepare to escalate. Well, guess what? That uh, Barclays Center uh, rally, it was peaceful for a while. Then it was hijacked and ended in violence. One police vehicle was set on fire. Twitter, you know, they got to get after Donald Trump immediately. But this, organizing a riot? Let me show you another one from their branch in Philadelphia. We have the other Twitter post. There it is, burning a police car. Burn down the American plantation once and for all. That is the revolutionary abolition uh, uh, group of New York City and Philadelphia. What do, what do you what do you what what else do you need? Media. Do you recognize your country? It's going to get worse before it gets better, but I promise you it will get better. But we have to do a few things. They want a fight in the street. They want it. They're begging for it. People are waking up. They are. And we need to be the happy warriors. We need to... Look, we need to put a few things back in place. First of all, our history. Then our relationship to God. My grandkids yesterday were running through the sprinkler. And I watched them. And we have a pond at the... Just by the fence out here and... They jumped into the pond. And, and as we went for a walk last night, my grandson just turned four yesterday. He picked up a dandelion, you know, when it's, when it's got the little sphere of seeds. It was perfect. And he picked it up, and he had never really seen one before, and he didn't know what to do. He said, blow on it, make a wish, and blow on it. It's your birthday. And he looked at me strangely. He, he looked at it with just such wonder. And when he blew on it, he took, he, he, he kind of jumped back a bit. He was like, oh, wow. We're losing moments of wonder. We're losing connection to all that is real. We're losing our connection to God. And that's, that is by design. Look at how we have been told you can't go to church. I think this could backfire. I mean, my family is stronger than it's ever been. Literally ever been. And I think that's because we've been shut up in a house. Now, that's not the truth for everybody, but it is for mine. But man trying to get them, even them, to see through all of the crap is really hard. We have to restore a few things. So we were going to do this big event in Gettysburg, and 
because we had to cancel. We lost our shirt because I didn't want any of the people who were helping us to lose money on what they had already done. So we canceled it, and it was a nightmare. Um, and I got to thank the good people at Gettysburg for being so understanding. It was COVID. But I, it, it will not leave me alone. And I, I came up to my ranch, and there's something about, Jefferson knew this, working with your hands that settles you. And uh, the covenant, restoring the covenant, restoring our history, has just been just screaming at me, keeping me up at night. And I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I'm good at doing big events. I'm, I don't know how to do quiet events. And uh, it came to me, I'm just, my job is to remind you what it feels like to go home. My job is to remind you what it feels like to be an American and to teach younger people who, who don't know it what it feels like. To have the pride of this country. So on July, I think it's 1st, which is Wednesday night, we're going to do a special on Blaze TV and on our YouTube um, channels. Um, we will do a special on the 1619 Project, which is we're going to show you how our history is being erased. They're tearing down statues. This is the Mao Cultural Revolution. And we're going to show you how they're erasing us. And then we're going to go through the 1619 and show you the lies. And the reason why this is important is because it's being taught to your children in school. And they are erasing everything. And it's got to stop. Then we're going to put the pilgrims back in their place in the second half of that show. And we will um, uh, set up for... What's going to happen on July 3rd? On July 3rd, we are going to be in uh, Plymouth, Mass, uh, and broadcasting from Plymouth, Mass. Uh, I think I have uh, Tim Ballard is going to be there. And then we have David Barton, and we're not sure in some of these eastern cities if we can even get permission. So we don't know where they're going to be, but they're going to talk about the covenant that George Washington made. Uh, and then... Um, I'm going to be here at the ranch. Uh, I am trying to get someone in from out of the country who is a remarkable individual and um, I'm doing everything I can to get him back into the country. But I don't want to say, even if we get him, I don't want to say his name because it'll just cause all kinds of controversy. Um, and then I'm going to be here uh in the tops of the mountains in God's country. And I urge you on Friday, July 3rd to renew the covenant, learn history. It'll be about a two hour broadcast. It'll be free. You can get it everywhere. I'm not sure where we're going to, I know it'll be on for blaze TV subscribers, but I think it's going to be on my YouTube channel and it, we're going to try to play it as many places as we possibly can. Um, but it will be free. Uh, and I, I want you to be there. So it's a, a more quiet, but a very powerful evening that 
uh, you need to see. That'll be July 3rd. We'll give you more details as we get a little closer. 